0: The Everyman Podcast. Oh yeah, brother Jay. Oh Lord, another week, another pod. Daryl Campbell, my brother. How are you?
1: Oh man, blessed and highly favored, man. Highly I, favored. I think I think uh, we talked about it earlier. I am like a star right now, and it is better to burn out than fade away, man.
0: That's right, and uh, I too am a busy bee. It's uh, as as you're listening to this podcast, about to get married in a couple days. And, ooh, uh, ooh. you know, got a lot going on. And the next podcast you hear is going to be a very special wedding podcast. So he's stay tuned married, for that. Um, but today's business at hand is one of our favorite guests returning to us mm-hmm. from Canada via Zoom technology.
1: Zay. The Zoom. one and
0: only lead singer and frontman of Dream Theater, James LeBrie. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. The mom. He's, he's the mom.com. He's the man. He's the man. Mm-hmm. A View from the Top of the World drops ten twenty two, which is also my wedding day, Cosmic Canoe. Mm. So this mm. Friday, mm. download, purchase the new Dream Theater, A View from the Top of the World, listen to it, and think, hey, Brother Jay and the big dog Daryl Campbell are probably cutting it up right now.
1: Unleashing those hips. Unleashing
0: the hips. So uh, I think with that being said, let's let's get to it.
1: Kick into it.
0: Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is one of our favorite returning guests. He is the vocalist and frontman extraordinaire of my favorite band. I got, I'm got. i pointing here in the video. I got the Dream Theater tattoo. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, James LeBrie from Dream Theater. Yes. What's up, my brother? Yes. How you doing, guys? Oh, man. Justin Darrell, great to be back. Uh, you dude, good to see you. you know good to have so you. great to see you, man. Who the hell was that? Who was the music? That, what was the intro there? Uh, that's a little uh, programming I did with uh, my... Guitar player, uh, shout out to Aaron, Ronnie, and uh, Manjo, our, our producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, vir- you know, virtual drums and uh, a sick little riff there, right
2: on. Yeah, right right on. that's cool. Hey, okay. so how you guys been?
0: Great, yeah. great, Good. Good, huh? even yeah. better now that we got you on, man. Oh, well, there you now. go. That's it, that's it. That's it. I'm it it ready, anyway. I'm ready, man. Yeah, we're really glad yeah. we could line this up. And, and right off the bat, let's jump into it. You know, okay. Dream Theater's new album, a View from the Top of the World, comes out. October 22nd, 2021. And guess what, James? That happens to be my wedding day. What? I know. When I heard that news, I I was like, you know what? My favorite band would put an album out on our wedding wow. day. This is how it's cosmic. It's well because Justin, we think of you often. I see, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. That's so why we did this. And it's, yeah, <laughs> it is. A, it's a wedding gift. And, and it's, I just thought it was very, I just, it's blown my mind. So this, this podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. So what? what's the year? What's the anniversary? No, no, we're getting married this. The, oh, day, you're getting the, married. the day the yeah. album comes oh, out is okay, our actual I'm wedding
2: sorry. day. Yeah. <laughs> I flew right by me, or maybe it's my hearing. <laughs> oh, but,
0: uh, maybe I wasn't clear enough.
2: You meant it, it, okay? That your wedding day,
0: like. Oh yeah, I could see. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I know. mean like I we're actually understand. getting married. Wow. Yeah, yeah, isn't that weird? He's getting
1: hitched. He's getting hitched. I'm gonna be there. Wow. I'm in the first oh, yeah. row. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And unleashing the hitch. Sure oh yeah. You are, Daryl. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. But and okay, uh, so what you
2: have to do is like just play this little ditty, uh you know, while, while you guys are walking down the aisle, but while your wife's walking down the aisle, or I mean, say, Sorry, soon to be. Just about right just play it's a very short piece uh play a view from the top of the world
0: yeah 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 i think that'll fit yep. that'll fit nicely very I, very
1: slow right i honestly was trying to supplement <laughs> alien in there somewhere yeah. That's, oh, just yeah, me. yeah that's just me i don't know yeah oh, there
0: you go yeah i was okay. gonna see if i get mangini to come down it's and be uh a very long wedding folks. F- fired up yeah a yeah, yeah. Long the procession yeah. is 22 minutes i'm sorry um. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. It's. It's. I can't wait for that. But I just thought it was very charming and uh, f- f- par for our cosmic course here. That that the new Dream Theater comes out. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And well, congrats, um, man. Congrats on the marriage. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited. Yeah, yeah. Very excited. So, so okay. what was it like getting back to work with the boys again and in the new Dream Theater headquarters? How, how was that process for you?
2: Well, there was a few things going on. You know, obviously we had to cut the distance over time tour short, right, guys? So we, we uh, originally had about another six months of touring scheduled. So after uh, the European jaunt, when we finished in Glasgow on February 23rd, we were supposed to start in uh, the South Pacific Rim in April. And that was supposed to go for, uh, I think, approximately seven weeks. And then, uh, you know, because we were going into Australia and New Zealand and and that. And then there was, uh, I believe, South America. And then we were going to do a full North American run again. So we were actually scheduled to be out until October of 2020. Mm. And then we were going to take, like we usually do, we usually take off at least six months before we actually – speak to each other again. I mean, we were in touch with each other, of course, but uh, before we decide that we, you know, let's get together again and go into the studio. So with what happened, the pandemic happened. So the tour, the rest of the tour was canceled. We all, you know, like everyone else, we hibernated. And um, so what happened is like over the summer, we started talking and we were like, okay, so, you know, we don't know, this is indefinite. How long is this going to go on? Uh, We're kind of going a little stir crazy. And um, why don't we do what we love to do? And why don't we get together and start working on another album? So in October of 2020, which is kind of uh, coincidental, but that's when we were supposed to be coming off the road is when we actually went back into the studio. And because I'm in Canada, it, it, there was so many, you know, this, the rules were so stringent that for me to get back and forth, to new york while during the writing sessions would have been insane mm-hmm. um so we decided that we were going to connect with me virtually uh through zoom which we're doing here and um so in my studio i had those guys tap through to my studio through my speakers so if it was and then they had me on a big monitor screen in our stu- dream theater studio headquarters and so you know really not a lot changed because normally i would be in the room sitting in a chair Headphones on with a microphone in front of me. It was no different.
0: It's kind of like Zordon from the Power Rangers. There you go. I
2: have my blueberry microphone by Blue.
0: Mm.
2: And the beauty of this was that I could, when we were during the writing uh, sessions, you know, if I heard something, I would literally mute them. And I would, then I had myself set up here so that I could record my ideas. So I'd like sing in there, like whether it was a melody idea or even a riff. And then I could come back to them and go, hey guys, okay, you know, when you were working on that section, I had this idea. And then they go, Oh, well, shoot it at us, you know. And I'm like, okay, so this is what it was. Then I just push play. Here's what it was, check it out. And then Whoa. um, so whereas in the past I'd be in the room and I looked like somebody that probably had eaten a bad meal because I keep running out of the room, like I had to go to the washroom, you know. Mm. So because and I'd run out of the room with my phone. And I'd be like, bla, 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 and, you know, whatever I'm doing, right? And then I'd run back in and then I'd sit down, put the headphones on again. Because because those guys are in the middle of playing through an idea. So I'm not going to go, Shh, guys, wait a second, wait for me, you know? So I would just normally go out, come back in. So if anything, I was more in control with the environments at hand. And, and I even told the guys, I said, geez, guys, I don't know. You might have opened Pandora's box here because I really love this. Like i was i was really able to to isolate myself but at the same time still be immersed within what was going on and um but you know what it, it went the, the sessions went according to plan because first of all the four instrumentalists were together in a room and it, there's no way it could work you know all of us being on zoom no way that would have been Catastrophic. I don't even know what the hell we would have come up with. But the fact that they were in the room because a lot of it has to do with that chemistry, and they're feeding off one another. Whether we're bringing in ideas or not, there's a lot of it that's spontaneous, like it's spontaneous on the floor. It's like, wait a minute, what did you just do there? And And if you were a fly on the wall, you'd see it how it works. And it's very like prolific. The the whole process is there's so many ideas going on all at once, and. It's pretty amazing because even um, if there's some footage of it, but I don't really think that the footage of us in the studio guys really tells the tale, the full scale of it, because there's so many moments you're, you're actually missing where, you know, an idea was created. And then 10 minutes later, these guys are playing through it. They rehearse it. And then they record it. You know, and then what would happen when any, and record it just to have it down, you know, and then, okay, let's work on the next section or where do you see it going from there? So on and so forth, right? That's that's basically the method to the madness. And um, uh, what um what's interesting is even when we do have a completed idea, which would be a song, then Mike Mangini would say, okay, and then he'd go in, he'd come in the next day and he'd lay down his tracks and he'd just like go for it. And, and actually there were... I think one or two times that we finished. So depending on when we finish a song, sometimes it's like, okay guys, we got a full day ahead of us again tomorrow, but sometimes we'd almost be done at the end of the night. And we knew that tomorrow starting at, let's say noon or one, we'd have two more hours to do. And then we're done the song. So it's only like three o'clock. And then Mike would go guys, while it's here, I want to lay down my tracks. So it'd be like, there you go. And he would just go for it. And, uh, what he played on this album was phenomenal. I mean, and Mike now, you know, he did it. He really showed who and what he is, not only as a, a drummer, but on the last album, he showed himself as a composer because he is very full on and he did it again with this album. He's full on. He's, he's with each and every section that's being written. He's a part of that process. And I think it really shows in his drumming that, you know, we've, let him spread his wings and just freaking go with what he has to offer, you know, as a, as a musician and, and ultimately as, as a drummer, you know, who is one of the finest drummers on the planet. No doubt. No question.
1: Yeah. That's
2: awesome. Was that it? Was that all? That's the only question you had. For yeah, that's, you right. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's
0: just the, uh, we had an hour and a half. answered yes One yeah. question. Yeah. You're, you're a professional. Um, yeah, yeah, we just had Mike on and, and we were kind of talking about adapting and how he had to kind of come up with a, a new, you know, layout approach. of, uh, yeah, an approach. And, you know, I was watching the, the video you guys did for Invisible Monster and I'm, I've got this, we, we got one of those new Apple TVs and you can like talk to the remote and you can rewind like nine seconds, you know, oh, and, wow. I'm, and I'm watching, okay. yeah. so it's real specific. So for like a weirdo like me with music stuff. And I just rewind, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. of course. So he does this fill and like, I'm watching it and I'm like, man, he's, he's funny. And I'm thinking it's like, he's funny because a normal, like I, I, if I was going to play what he just played, I would just do it with my hands and like a quick thing. But he finds this new creative approach to do it where he's playing like nine notes in a row that all sound different that are just with his feet. That yeah. make the whole know. fill. You know, it's like yeah. a know. Dig, 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 it's like a five minutes thirteen seconds. in invisible monster. If anybody else wants to go check it out, what I'm talking about, but yeah. those kind of mm-hmm. things, I know exactly what you mean. Like that's a, a really thought out approach to writing your drum parts. He's he's thinking
2: on a whole different level. Like he'll say stuff to us uh, where he'll go, "Hang on a second, guys. You know, wait a minute, because I'm I'm thinking the uh, the floor tom, and then the the ride." This has to happen over here. And then, let, let me just work it out. And then he'll play something. You know, and he'll start going in a pattern. And it's like, what? What the hell are you doing? Like yeah, he's bro. been doing
0: it for his like, whole life. It's, <laughs> each right.
2: drum creates a note, right? Right. And so he's thinking, but he goes, well, what are you playing in the key of E? So I got to hit this. And he's like, that's the way he's doing it. Right. And it's like, oh my God, you're so freaking clinical. Yeah, you know? but at the same time, Smart it's just natural <laughs> for him because yeah. he's thinking it. Um, it's immediate. He he thinks it immediately, and then he just works it out. Right. And then all those little flourishings that he's doing—it's not just about. Well, I wanted to use my drum set. I wanted to use all. It's not about that. It's like I used what I used within that moment because it supports what's going on musically. Right. So it absolutely completely makes sense. You know, it's profound, but it's not just shredding it, but, to but shred as a listener. But as a listener, when you're listening to it, you just take it in and right. subliminally, it just hits you and you go, yeah, that feels how, good. That feels how, good. You
1: how know? crazy is it that Mike is so present with every piece in the band that it makes it sound like a new, a new thing entirely and, and totally transcendent. It's unbelievable like how present he is as a drummer. No, no.
2: It, you know what? It, it Well, it, it's helped create the sound, you know? And I think that if he didn't think the way that he did and does, I should say, then I don't think those songs would necessarily speak that the way that they do. So you know what? It, it's because of who he is and, and what he's been for so long and that he is able to create this. It, it's not just about, hey, man, what do you got for that? Just... Just give us something, give us a backbone. It's, it's more than that. To him, he's, he's thinking about what everyone is doing. And here's the other beautiful thing about Mike, like Daryl, you, you talk about how, how important it is, but at the same time, he's like, he'll play something and, we'll, and he'll go, so, um, you know, James, like, you know, what do you think, right? And he's open-minded and he goes, you know, because it, first of all, okay, yeah, did I, I played drums for 12 years. Was I anywhere near that? Not near frickin' life. You'd, you'd be, like, throwing me to the side of the road. But the fact is, is that, it, or he'll say to John Petrucci or even Jordan, will go, hey, wait a minute, man, can you do, can you try this? And he's completely open-minded. And so he's, he's just a, a big receptacle, and then at the same time, this conduit that freaking speaks loudly to each and every one of us. And I think that's really like, you know, not everybody's going to think about it and you shouldn't be thinking about this, right? When you're listening to a song, just listen to it. Does it hit you? I mean, music's subjective. You either love it or you're not crazy about it. You know, you either love what that person has to offer or you don't. So whatever it might be, but when you, if you were to be more analytical as to what he's doing and how he arrives at what he arrives at, it would blow your flipping mind. It would literally blow your mind because he's just that kind of a person. His wheels are spinning at a million miles an hour. And that's why he is who he is. And that's why he's the type of the technician that he is within his respective instrument.
1: love it. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: He's, he's a, he's a special breed and any, you know, any of the great drummers we've had on here, you know, from any background, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the topic of Mike Mangini comes up and it's just like, everybody's just like, dude, guy's on another frigging level, you know, Yeah. he's on his own planet. And then, you know, one of the things, and I think you'll be able to relate to this, like when you're saying how he, he may stick to a key because of, you know, the song, what Jordan's playing or whomever, um, and the listener just absorbing it. That's kind of how like Danny Carey is with Tool, where at Mm. first listen. Oh, another great fricking amazing drummer. But at first, at first glance, you're like, like, I don't, maybe you don't see the like, yeah, he's fast or he's doing this. It's like, well, I don't really get it. But then you, after the hundredth time you listen to the album, you're like, oh my God, he's a genius. He's setting, he's setting yep. the table for mm-hmm. the bassline to speak here. Or yeah. he's, right. he's, you know what I mean? He's creating the space for the vocals <laughs> in this part. And that's, it's like a drummer, right. a drummer has to be the, like kind of flexible and support the whole structure and yeah. not be so it's rigid actually, where it can't, right where it can't flex. You know what I mean? It's gotta be like Mm -hmm. those skyscrapers that move in an earthquake.
2: Yeah. What's the bigger picture here? You know, the, and and it depends on what I play will accentuate what it is that that person's doing at that particular moment in time, whether it be what's going on guitars, keys, bass, or vocals. Mm -hmm. And he's always thinking about every aspect of every song, like, what is it that you're gonna, like, he'd be, uh, you know, like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the times that we're Mike is laying down his drums, and I shouldn't say unfortunately, but it's just the way that we've always done things, at the end of the day, it always works because if anything, it feeds me when I'm writing a melody or I'm writing, writing a, a lyric, um, what he's doing, like the rhythm, the rhythmical sense, you know? Um, but he'll like he'll he, you know he keeps like spitting out at me, I'll go, oh, what are you thinking of for like a melody there? James in that section and I'll go, off well, the top of my head you know yeah, whatever, right And you go, I'll go that that's not necessarily set in stone, you know, it's just something that I'm thinking about right at this moment. And then he goes, oh, that's cool, that's cool, you know, but let me leave me with that. and it, it's it's really cool but but he's always looking for something that will enable him to create even something deeper, you know, and it, it's it's not just a matter of him. You know, it's funny too, because at the same time Mike will will say to you know say to us, well, come on guys, there's only so many things that I can play. Like because we 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 will know, okay, this is a verse or this is a you know this is the chorus or this is the bridge or whatever it might be. He'll be like, there's only so many things I'm gonna do with respect to the fact that there's a vocal going on. You know, so it's not my moment, it's the vocal moment. So I'm only gonna there's only so many places that I can go with this that will truly support it.
0: Nice. So he's
2: always you know what I mean? And it's, that's it's, and that's so a, much thought so cool. put into it.
0: And that's so, a yeah. different different approach. And right, you know, right. it's okay to, to have different things. And I, I I'm always <laughs> I'm I'm always the kind of guy that takes like a, a step back and I like to compare how people react to different things. And for example, you know, you get Netflix, right? These big shows like Stranger Things. When when the new season of Stranger Things comes out, there's nobody that's complaining uh, that the first episode of Stranger Things season four isn't identical to the first episode of season three. They want something like in television and film. They want Mm. a new experience but they right. want their franchise that they're into so like they want 40 marvel movies or 40 star wars movies but right. in this kind of in, in there's this familiarity right right yeah. in mm-hmm. this world yeah. people get upset if you stray too far from what you season 1 was you know and it's like there's mm-hmm. people out there who are just carrying that season 1 flag and that's it for them and they have this nostalgic view of maybe their time in their life when that record came out and it's like no right. that's the best that was the peak of their experience or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, and well, like, and yeah. then, you know, I try to look at it like, well, it's a journey. And then you look back and there are bands that like perfect example, Trivium just put out a new record, which is fantastic. And they're a band mm-hmm. that I loved when I was younger. And then I kind of didn't love all their stuff that was out after that. And then right. I, yep. this album comes out and now I'm looking back at the other stuff with a new perspective because i'm like oh they've changed a lot and now i find myself buying their old records and i'm like no 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 no. now i get it and in like i think dream theater is kind of one of those bands where you have this wide catalog and so many different options to choose from Mm -hmm. and it's okay that they're not all you know the same thing and and i i think it's cool to see how fans are excited still you know that there's something new coming out um But I wanted to know, like, kind of with that context, like, do do you feel – do you guys all feel, like, as passionate about the writing process, even having to deal with these external things that are outside of your control? The
2: the, the expectations? Well, the expectations, but also
0: also the – just dealing with the extra layer of difficulty with getting the Zoom thing going and not all being there at the same time, changing where you normally would record – like, mm-hmm. does that affect your passion for the project no. or, or just like over time? Like, how do you, how, how do you feel about all that?
2: No, I, I think, you know, no, I mean, we're, we're just as passionate about writing a new album, new music as we were doing images and words, you know, I, I mean, seriously, if you're not, why the hell are you doing it? Yeah. What's yeah. Who the hell are you trying yeah. to fool? Why am, I, I, am I trying to convince yeah. four other yeah. dudes? It's my not idea. Gonna, It's not going to translate. I'm sorry that like somebody's going to be able to read through it or listen through it and say, what a crock of shit this is. You know, I see, I think if you're not fully 100% committed to it, regardless of the external elements that you have to contend with, right? Like what you're saying, all that you've said there, yeah, about trivium and and that's very true. Right. So I think that at any given moment uh, when it is your time to approach doing a new album, Uh, where you're, you know, you've done, oh, we've gone down this road before, you know, and we kind of know what it is because it's through dialogue. Once again, we talk about where we think we need to bring this album, where we think we need to go. Some of the things that are inspiring us or you know, are very inspirational to us. Maybe even on a personal level, but, you know, collectively, is this going to make sense to go down this road? For instance, on the latest album, we knew for sure we were going to do an epic. So by doing that, it kind of sets the, you know, the the palette's already been, you know, created as far as, well, if we're doing the epic, then, you know, maybe the other songs can go in this direction, or we can also explore this avenue um, that will, you know, maybe support the fact that we did the epic, you know? And so it's all about, uh, first of all, we're we're very, very focused on what we want to do. We always have been. We're extremely aware of, what our sound is or how people identify with dream theater. And I think because of that, you know, we're not going to all of a sudden come on and be Duran Duran just to do something different. No, come I on! Dur- By the way, I love Duran Duran. I think hey, you're freaking talented. Rio, Absolutely. what a song.
0: Mm-hmm. So catchy.
2: I mean, no, they're just, they're just freaking great. And, um, you know, so I think it, it's a matter of, you know, always maintaining who and what you are, but, but creating something that you feel is another language, another uh, another approach to what it is that you love to do, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, we, we, we're never, I've said this for years, we're never short, shy on ideas. You know, in fact, we have, uh, oh my God, I can't even imagine how much material we have. You probably got a lot of voice members. <laughs> you know, we probably have enough for like four or five albums. I'm not yeah. kidding you. No, I believe it. It's it. insane because it's like, well, let's, um, Okay, that's not working, but let's put that aside. Maybe we can have that come back and maybe we can use that. You know how we were talking about song three should be ba-ba-ba-ba-ba? Well, maybe we can do that. Maybe that riff, that idea or that, you know, that texture would work well in that. And then you never come back to it because by the time you get to where you thought you were going to go with it, you've already got something else that everybody's like, oh my God, that's freaking awesome. Let's yeah. go down that, you know, So I, I think with each, each band, every band artist, they gets into that situation where they're creating a new album. And um, I, to me, it's like a, you know, like if you had your crystal ball in front of you and you looked at what each album kind of said. At that point, you would understand what each one of us was going through mm, individually right. and collectively as a band. You would understand what the social issues were with the planet at yeah. that point in time. Because yeah. if you think about it, just read into the lyrics, it's it's something that we are all affected by, uh, subconsciously or consciously. And then we want to talk about it. And I think that also inspires us to have the movements and the emotion or, or the... Uh, how poignant it might be during uh, uh, the the whole writing session to create what you create, right? So I think it's just like each album kind of tells, to a certain degree, who and what we were at that point as a band, as people, and what inspired us. And that's why that, that album sounds the way that it does, you know? And so on and so forth. And each time we come into an album... Yeah, you know, we we have several ideas. We're also who we are today as people and who we are today as as a band. And knowing that, you know, we're never going to shift gears so drastically that people just don't. It's nonsensical, period, you know, to make that drastic of a move. Although we are in a great situation where we can push the envelope and, you know, it, it doesn't matter what we do. As long as you know, we feel that that is representing us one hundred percent, truly, and you know, so yeah.
0: Well, and you've also got this cool little thing on the side, the Yitzeh Jams catalog of of releases mm. that right. uh, you know, I don't know, maybe if you ever wanted to do a full on Christmas album, you could put it out there. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. I yeah. really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the uh, holiday spirit um yeah. that was yeah. awesome that yeah, was daryl and fun. i we do a we do a christmas spectacular episode every year and that that was our number one uh tune for for last mm-hmm. christmas and i have a feeling it will be again this year but um yeah it's yeah. it's a cool time to be you know making your own thing and mm-hmm. all the strings are kind of cut for everybody and you know the the playing yeah. field kind of got leveled for Dream Theater in the same way that it did for, you know, an up up and coming band, you know? Oh man. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you guys are setting up your own, I watched the Dream Theater interview ha- at the headquarters and talking about how John recorded the solo album there and it helped him figure out how to work in the room. And now you've got this whole thing set up and it's like, oh, we can just go and there's no worry about overhead or somebody else's time yeah. or money or insurance or somebody, whatever. Um, well, that's, not to mention it really lends
2: itself to, you know, getting together and recording during a pandemic, mm. because we knew that we wouldn't have to be around anyone else, but the band members, you know, our production assistant, you could control slash it. guitar tech, Matty, you know, shy and then, and then James Messlin, our, our engineer. So it was just us, no one else Yeah, you know, coming and going. Whereas if you went to a regular studio, you know, you, there'd be several people coming and going and that create. A little bit of apprehension for sure.
1: Yeah. James, yeah. I got to ask you a question, man. Mm. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it all hang out on this one just because yeah. ever since, you know, me and Brother Jay saw you in concert before the great COVID and pandemic, mm-hmm. my mind is still blown away about your group. My mind is still blow, blown away about how you guys go about your process and the way you guys present yourselves so into mm-hmm. your music. Mm-hmm. I listen to Invisible Monster. I listen to all the new things that you guys are doing. I'm talking I'm, I'm listening to you right now talk about the creative process. I have to ask you because I feel this when you guys play. I feel it when Man Genie drums. I feel it when you sing. You guys play like you're not satisfied. You guys play like there's like we're gonna we're gonna let it all hang out right now, right yeah. here. And it's just like you always keep it simple. You say, hey. Music is subjective. Either it hits you or it doesn't. And right. every damn time, man, it fucking hits me. Like, <laughs> I, like it just like well, that's every great. time. You know, and it's no. just like a ton of, it's. It's almost like it's almost like playing football and just going out there every damn game, every play with a chip on your shoulder. And like, yeah, that was the last play. I dogged you, but this is a new play. And that's how you guys, mm-hmm. you know, exact your music. Do you, is it like that? Is it like that for you guys when you guys get together and? And, and create?
2: Yeah, well, you see, well, then you would you would completely get this because you were expected to go out on the field every night, right, and give mm-hmm. it 100% and actually perform at 100%. And, I, I, you know, I might have said this to you guys before, but I remember Neil Peart from Rush said, what other jobs do you know besides a few others where you have to go on stage and it's expected that each and every night you play at 100% or you perform at 100%? He said, you know, we're human beings. And do we? No. But are we supposed to? Yes. You know? And he said, so you give it what you give it. And I think, Daryl, with us, is like we go on regardless of somebody saying, oh, my God, man, I'm like, I'm feeling really stiff tonight. Or, you know, myself going, hey, you know, I'm fatigued or, or whatever it might be. And you still have to go on stage. And, I, and, and it has a lot to do, and Daryl, you can attest to this, but when you went on the field, all of a sudden, <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, like somebody breathed new life into you. Right. Right away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens to us. As soon as we go on stage, it doesn't matter. Even though 10 minutes ago, we might've been saying, Oh shit. you know, i got a two and a half, three hour show ahead of me. And I'm, I'm feeling a little, you know, a little, not, not so powerful, but it's funny because you get on stage and then you're like, wait a minute. You know, you see the people, all the smiles, all the faces, and they're just freaking out. They're so glad to see you. And all of a sudden, you're just – everything has just vanished. And you're focused, and you're in that, that that zone where you need to be to be able to perform. And I think at that point, you know, it's funny because there's many nights that will come off stage and go, holy oh shit, that, that gig just flew by. And, and then you'll hear from one of the guys going, I don't know, man. I didn't even know how I was going to get through tonight because yeah. I was just feeling – I wasn't feeling – in the zone but all of a sudden everything kicked in mm-hmm. and so to me it's, it's like you, I think you know we're human beings right so we we're dynamic like anyone else out there yep. <laughs> and and but when we get on stage like you're just you're I don't know you're just thrown into something that it's um uh, I don't know you can't even put it into words yeah. It just creates something where you're you're full-on all of a sudden. And I'm not saying that you're full-on and all of a sudden 100% becomes you. But you're full-on in the sense that you're giving it all that you can give it. And you want to prove that, hey, this is going to be a fantastic night. You're going to walk away. It's going to be memorable. It's going to leave an indelible mark on your memory about what happened here tonight. So I can see what you're saying, Daryl. And, and, you know, it's great that you're seeing that because that's exactly what we're trying to convey that you know what you came tonight you're only seeing us the one night you're not going to see us again tomorrow night because we're 400 miles away or whatever it might be right yes more than likely you're not going to be there unless you're one of the dream theater freaking you know
0: (laughs) following us all over the place there's (laughs) lunatics with the tattoos (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know but anyways uh you know so yeah like you know it's it's it all comes down to each night is unique in itself because you know damn well that that's the one night that our fans in that you know state or city are seeing us so you just keep rising to the occasion and you you keep getting that magical freaking jet fuel in you know infused within you once you walk on that stage it's 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 crazy it's, it's indescribable
1: it really is i got to i got to find a way to get you know mike's secret because he's on he's online you know quantifying this feeling you know you know how like full on he is mm-hmm. this is how you do it at 110% yeah
2: oh yeah i know right yeah, i know i know it's hilarious But listen, he too is is one of the guys, he's he's backstage while he's like, you know, he's like, oh, shit, man. I got to feel this. Why am I not feeling this? You know? And he's like, you know, and it's so funny because then he gets on stage and I turn around and I look at him and he's like, yeah, and it's like, he's right back in there. It's like, we're, you know, like no matter what each guy's going through, you know, we're all like, once we get on the stage, it's like, hello. Yeah. Yep. Isn't this fantastic? For sure. For
0: sure, Yeah. That, that's awesome. So view from the top of the world, streaming mm-hmm. everywhere, available for purchase everywhere, merch packages on the dreamtheater.net, uh, October 22nd, 2021, this Friday. Uh, get, get your copy. I've already got mine. Um, I know we're excited for it. But there's something else I'm excited about. And it's all kind of tied into one, and that is you've got a new solo album coming out. You told us last time you were on the podcast, which was episode number ninety four. Which is interesting how time flies when you're having fun. One forty four. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. it was about eleven months ago. So um, fifty. Yeah, and you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I got I got my math. That's right. You're, yeah, hey. math is, yeah. So you're, you're you're quicker than I am for sure on that. Yeah. Um, that that your son Chance would be drumming on the record, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Chance is been on the podcast several times and mm-hmm. is with his bandmates uh, from False Set, and False mm-hmm. a band that you know even if I didn't know you and uh, Chance, I, I dig them and I shared them with a lot of my friends and Oh yeah, he had told me that uh, yeah you know uh, we we're doing a song with with my dad and I was like, really, you know, I can't wait to hear this. And then it comes out and it's kickstart my heart. And I, who doesn't love Motley Crue? you know, and, and, uh, hearing you on that track was, uh, was cool for a number of reasons. Um, but what was it like for you being a, a vocal spot on your son's band?
2: It's, it's fantastic. You know what? Um, (laughs) oh my God, that that's, there's a lot of layers to that because, uh, Uh, Before I did that song, I had already started working with Chance on my latest solo album. And uh, as you mentioned, Chance is playing drums on it. Uh, But also Chance was the engineer recording my vocals. And I I remember several times when when we were recording my vocals throughout the solo album, I'd be like, this is surreal, man. I, at one point in life, was holding on to you, you know, as a baby. You know, (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, right? No, and it's you awesome. Are, you're sitting here. You're recording me. We're doing an album together. Fucking life is a trip. Life's a trip, man. You know, that that this is where I'm at. And, and Chance was like, hey, Dad, you know, you're going to leave your eagle at the door. Because when you come in here, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, but I don't like something. <laughs> and I'm like, you go for it. That's right? awesome. And you know what? Maybe there was one <laughs> or two occasions where I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, okay but no that sticks because that is me okay man i'm just telling you i'm just telling you man that's not <laughs> what i want to hear i'm going yeah but it's what i want to hear right that's it. and it was so funny because we he'd just be blatantly honest with me right and but um to to have uh, you know and when he came up to me he goes well how do you feel about this you know we're gonna do this song and because you used to be well there's a little bit of history to that do you guys know about the fact that i was in a band called Shock candy
0: before winter rose yeah. no oh, i didn't know this yeah.
2: so what happened like you, you knew i was in coney hatch and then i was in coney hatch for a year and then i went on and i did a bunch of studio stuff with, with guys that were just writing stuff for studio uh-huh. so i was going into the studio and singing songs here and there i got to get my hands on all that stuff man that was crazy there was stuff that I was doing, like we trumpets and saxophones. And, and the, <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Know, just bring me in. And then I'd yeah. write around this, this stuff and it was crazy. And then, um, uh, then this band was going, uh, you know, it was a fully, uh, formed band, but they couldn't find the singer. And they're like, we're going out on tour, you know, and we're going to pay you this much if you come in and it's Motley Crue." And I'm like, fuck, I'm in the Motley Crew. Are you freaking kidding me? Let's go. You know? And, um, so it was a band called Shot Candy. And uh, and then I, I freaking... Do you guys want to see the picture of it? Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, hang on what, though. Yeah. Uh,
1: Go grab it. Hell yeah. Okay, hang on. <laughs> I fucking love James, man.
0: He's the man. And, and, and I've seen some of his promo <laughs> shots. And I would say this if he was still sitting here, because this is still going to be on the pod. I've seen yeah. some of his promo shots from the 80s. They're pretty, pretty good looking. I don't oh, even man. know if you guys can see this. Oh, dude. Dude.
1: Dude,
0: that's epic. Who are those hot chicks, with, huh? Look at the scarves. <laughs> look at the hair. I love it. Dude. How long did it take to do the hairspray like that, huh? Dude. Uh,
2: about a half an hour. Wow. No, but, full and, but, but, but so full anyways, like, I, I was in, I was in that band, like, and for a very short, short period. I think I was in the band for like six months, and I was like, man, no, I don't want to <laughs> do this anymore. <before." laughs> And, um, maybe eight months. And then I just, uh, I went into another band and we were do, we were, uh, a journey tribute. We were called positive touch. Mm. And then from that, we did, a, uh, we did a couple of originals and then that's how I met rich chicky and we formed winter rose and then winter rose dream theater. So that's how that all came about. Huh. But anyways, I'm, I'm going all around the bush here. So, so chance said, Hey dad, you know, like you, you did all that Motley stuff. Would you be willing to do this? And I said, What song are you doing? And they said, Kickstart my heart. And I said, Holy shit. And yeah. yeah. I said, you know, so how's this gonna work? And he goes, It'll be you and Zach.
0: And and Zach sounds freaking he's exactly a great
1: awesome. singer. Yeah, well, man. He is a great singer. He's really he's a good. Kick.
0: Fantastic singer. And he's he's awesome too. I love talking to that guy. He's yep. he's a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: well, he's talented, he's extremely talented, he's smart, and uh and he's he's a cool guy. He's like really down to earth. Yeah. And um, so it, it was great because, like, we were just trading back and forth throughout the song. And and uh, I had a great time, you know? And, and those guys were all, like, jazzed. Oh, yeah, man, this is going to be great. Let's freaking just go for it. And, yeah. So I think, yeah, it came out great. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. So uh, Dream Theater's tour manager, who's been with us forever, Rick, Rick Yeah. Rick Falken. So he he emailed me and he goes, hey man, I just heard from Mick Mars. He heard Kickstart My Heart and he's loving it. He's flipping awesome. out over it. He said, let James know, man, him, him and the guys did a freaking fantastic job. It's awesome. I loved it. And I'm like, okay, let Mick know, thanks man. You know? And, and <laughs> so, you know, to get that endorsement when you're doing a song like that, you know, one of the things that I said to the guys too, is I said, guys, don't get fancy. Yeah, let's stay, true, well, let's stay true to the genius of the song. Like, the song is what it is because of what they wrote. Don't right. start going, and then we can add this and add that, that. I freaking hate that. Yeah. Don't bastardize a freaking song. Don't. Play it, but, you know, we can give it because of the fact that we sound the way that we do. I'm not going to sound like Vince. Neither is freaking Zach but we can give it our own little spin with Mm -hmm. vocal inflections and, you know, and stuff like that. And nuances here and there. Um, And I said, but the music too, you gotta like fucking stay true to it. Stay true to it. Well, when I first,
0: when I first heard it, I I was talking to Chance. I said, man, you know, you really, the, you nail the Tommy Lee groove. And Tommy Lee is one of those drummers who, again, doesn't get a lot of, doesn't get a lot of credit for that. He gets credit for a lot of other things, but yeah. Not not for the for yeah. the drumming, and right. his some of his grooves, especially like Doctor Feelgood, like he's yeah. doing really interesting yeah. swing. Like like he's yeah. almost like a swing blues. I've
2: always loved drummer song.
0: and and and, and Chance did they it did a great job with it. So Kickstart my heart was awesome. Um, yeah. But what's going on yeah. with this solo album? When uh, when do you think uh, you fans might be able to get a, get their hands on that piece? So.
2: Uh... So May twentieth, it comes out. It'll be released May twentieth through uh, like Inside Out slash Sony. So it's it's going to be. So what I did is it's it's different uh, in the sense that it's more. uh, I don't want to mislead people here, but uh, it's more what we started with. I I wrote with a different guy. So it's not Matt Guillory uh, on this. So a lot of people are going. Oh yeah, I can't wait to hear your next solo album. Uh, thinking that it's with Matt Gillery and company. It's not. It's, uh, I work with a guy by the name of Paul Logue, and he's from Scotland, uh, right around the Glasgow area. And uh, he was in a band called Eden's Curse, and I sang on one of their songs back in 2010 called No Holy Man. Uh, so I guessed on that. And then I, I really liked Paul's writing. It was more, to me, Paul's writing was more from a, a classical Era like the 70s, you know, and uh, that that classic rock approach. And um, I had a lot of ideas um, in that vein. And so uh, Paul and I actually bumped into each other. If you think fate isn't there with you, holy shit. The day after we finished the show Dream Theater in Glasgow, February 23rd, I'm waiting for my flight on the 24th to go to London and then Toronto. And Paul walks by him and he goes, James, I'm like, Oh my God. Cause yeah, I was at the show last night. He kept trying to email me on my old email address. Oh, like, oh my God. Well, yeah. okay. and he goes, listen, let me know. You know, you, you want to get together. You want to do some writing. And I said, you know, I'd love to. At the time I said, you know, I don't know some freaky shits going on. Right. Are you hearing about this virus? Yeah. yeah. I said, so <laughs> yeah, that, blow over. we're going to go. We're going to go to, we got to go to, you know, Asia. Then we got to go to freaking South America, and North America and all that. I said, so we're probably not going to be done till October, but why don't we write? start writing then? Or why don't we start throwing ideas back in the meantime? And I can even be on the road and working on it. He goes, great. All of a sudden, the <laughs> world closes down. Mm-hmm. So we got on it like it was probably, uh, uh, everything closed down March 15th, I believe. And by March 20th, him and I were already, passing ideas back and forth so it's we started as we said let's just keep it real raw and acoustic based that'll be the fundamental of this album and then it kind of morphed into more of an ensemble so keyboards you know i have uh marcos foley's playing uh lead guitar on all the tracks uh paul is playing all the rhythm acoustic guitars and bass uh and then chance doing drums christian polkanen is the keyboard player who's a fantastic keyboard player piano player um and then uh, so we wrote this album uh, I've titled it um uh beautiful shade of gray and um so all the lyrics except one uh I penned and uh, Paul and I just came together with uh it was really interesting how it came together whether I'd be throwing him a riff or I'd be throwing him a melody idea that became a chorus to one of the songs or verses, and then he'd throw me back his ideas musically, and we slowly but surely put it all together. We had everybody, you know, fully involved, and um, it, it came out fantastic. Like, uh, the, um, the label is really stoked about it. So it's, uh, it's kind of like a, it has that kind of Zeppelinist kind of feel to it, um, but you know, still like the, the modern day, um, aspects of it as well are there.
0: So it, it it's great. That's awesome, man. I can't, I can't wait till that comes out and get my hands on that. Sweet. I always, you know, I always like when, when I find something that I love and then mm-hmm. they kind of spring off and find other things that those people are passionate about. Cause genuinely it makes me excited to see an artist that I'm, inspired by like push the envelope and try something new and it like mm-hmm. in a weird way it kind of reminds me like no you know what if if la willing to you know try an acoustic angle like maybe th- this idea isn't so crazy you know and yeah um it's well you know like, it's like, like i said like it
2: started off acoustically but then i said at some point i go okay you know no we gotta bring something more into this because mm-hmm. you can only sit around a campfire for so long right and be, be enthralled.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know
2: I mean? and, and, and as great as the songs were and the, and the melodies and all that stuff, I was like, mm, no, 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 We got to create something more here. So that's when we started going, okay, like, let's bring some drums in. And, you know, chances playing percussion and the drums and all these other effects are going on. And then, like, getting in Christian uh, poking in with his keyboards and piano was excellent. Marco, he shines like he always does. You know, he just played – phenomenal on this on this album. And um so it became more a, like a full ensemble sound, but it's not bombastic. Freaking and electric, electric going going through your, your veins and that. And actually, you know, I talk about Zeppelin because I always loved Zeppelin, always loved Robert Plant, and uh, on the album we do Ramble On. Really? So we do a version of Ramble On, which is one of my favorite Zeppelin songs
0: ever. I, I, I so. had a chance to see uh, Robert Plant with Alison Cross. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was at, yeah. like, a festival I was at. And I, it was definitely a show I never would have bought tickets to go see. And mm-hmm. it, I was pretty blown away. And yeah. uh, and especially that music. That was really cool. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know.
2: Well, he's very experimental. Like, listen to right. all his stuff. Like, all his solo albums, too. He's He's always getting into something different. Like, that guy... He's it, it, not reinventing himself, but just keeping it mm-hmm. just on the edge. He's always, you know, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do?
0: Yeah. You know? It's inspiring that that like after it's he's out. done it all, you know, yeah. James, yeah. as we, as we went down here, you know, my last question for you um, mm-hmm. is what do you want your fans? You know, what do you want dream theater fans to know uh, about, you know, this new album? What, what, in your mind, you're like, what's, what's the deal? What's, what do you want people to know and be excited for about this album?
2: It's new music for one. (laughs) No, (laughs) you know what? It's, that's it. it, I know that's, that's the, the, the the question that always gets asked and it's like, so what can you tell us about this new album? And of course we're going to be jazzed about it and we're going to be psyched and we're going to be thrilled about it because we wrote it. Right. And uh, (laughs) what I can say is that I think when I listened to this album and I remember I I got in touch with the guys and um, I had to go somewhere. So I had a a good hour's drive one way, an hour drive back. And so I was by myself, which is great. That's the way I love to do it. And I still do that to this day. Like if I if I want to listen to a new album or something like that, I'll get in the truck and I'll freaking crank the album and I'm by myself, and that's when I can really take it for everything that it's worth, right? Yep, I'm the same way. So with yeah. this this album, I did that, and I remember I got back home, and I'm sitting in the driveway, and I'm like, guys, I'm stricken listening to this album from beginning to end. I'm fucking flipping out. I'm loving it. It's, it just, We're really it's, good. It hit, like, guys, I think we really got something going on here. I think we can do it. No, but it, it was just, and and you know what? The other guys are coming back and go right on, awesome. I'm gonna go do the same thing. You know, I want to get out there and I I, I want to experience. And then, or actually, John Patrucci said, "Yeah, no, man, I've been cranking it. I've been playing it. I've been playing it nonstop. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm psyched. You know." And um, but you know, to me, I I think the album is like. I think there has a lot to do with it. And I've said this in other interviews that, you know, when we were out on the distance over time tour, we were playing uh, the scenes album. Right. And, you know, playing that album from beginning to end every night, it can't help, but somehow uh, rekindle and reaffirm why that album was, it was you know our fans were enamored with it worldwide and you you kind of like you subconsciously take that in and you're affected by the movements throughout the album because you're experiencing it experiencing it from beginning to end each and every night and so i think with that you know you you kind of walk away and we had conversations You you know Like, you know, why Home hit you like that or Finding Free hit you like that or Spirit Carries On or Strange Deja Vu. There's a reason why that resonated with people. And so you you start thinking, okay, well, you know, when we come into this next album, you know, maybe let's visit some of what we would consider our roots. You know, what were we doing in A Change of Seasons? What were we doing that made those songs special on Awake? or Six Degrees or whatever. And I'm not saying that we went, okay, we got to study this album because then you become it. And then it's just a repeat. But I'm saying, you know, so what we said is just, just remember what, how those albums, how they unfolded and what was so special about those albums was how those elements came together, made it cohesive, made it something that was memorable. And I think when we went into this album, we knew the direction we wanted to go musically as far as, you know, what kind of style or how we're going to hit it up here and there stylistically. Um, And then knowing that we were going to do an epic. um, I just think, especially like a song, like there's two songs on this album, not that any of the other songs don't, but there's two songs on this album uh, that I think epitomizes whom what dream theater has always been and still maintains today. And that is a view from the top of the world. The epic and sleeping giant. When I listen to that, like everything that's going on in Sleeping Giant, you know, one of, it, it it just the way that it unfolds, you know, the, the 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 dynamics within, the the melody and the and it's just everything comes together seamlessly and effortlessly. And I think that's when you know that you're touching on something that it's gotta translate. Uh, You know, if, if that doesn't convey every one of our intentions, you know, individually and as a band, if that doesn't, then I don't know what the hell will. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I could go on, but, but I I think, you know, that that's basically the point is that this album speaks loudly to me. I think because it, it has uh, a lot of what has endeared us to our fans for the last 30 years plus, and this album kind of represents that with conviction. A little awesome.
0: from the past, a look to the future, a view from the top of the world. Yep. Everywhere you get music, October 22nd. James Labrie, thank you so much, brother. Can't wait to have you on again. Yeah.
2: Thanks, guys. It was awesome. All right.